We know that building wealth comes from owning businesses and making investments. Yet why still do nearly half of businesses fail in the first five years, and why do others lose it all in their investments? Welcome to the Wealth Watchers Podcast, your resource for building a massive net worth. We bring real stories from real people who are experts in business and investing, who will share secrets and actionable strategies to amassing wealth and achieving success. Brought to you by Happy Camper Capital. And now, your hosts, Justin Hoggett and Adam Lendy. Welcome back to the Wealth Watchers Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lendy. With me is my co-host, Justin Hoggett. Justin, how are you? I'm doing excellent. What a beautiful day in Colorado. How are you doing? Oh my God. Good to be back home, huh? Yes. <laughs> nice getting so out and doing what brought us together in the first place. Paragliding. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you I got had a great flight. Man. Yeah. I uh, really enjoyed today and felt good. Almost uh, felt like I was a natural once again. But, um, you know, after a while, you you think you lose your touch, but um, it's like riding a bike, I guess. Yeah, I can say the same thing. I mean, I've been we've been busy with this uh, first acquisition for the past couple months. And, you know, I realized it'd been three and a half months since I'd flown. And man, I mean, it uh, it, it kind of came right back to me. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to do another bit later on on time blocking and how I could have done this better over the past few months to get out there a little more. Um, but I'm a little more excited about what we got going on today because it's totally relevant to what we just got back from the acquisition we've been talking about, the park in Iowa that we bought and we got up and running, the one we've been you know pouring all of our time and effort into for the past few weeks. Yeah, and, and like I've been telling everyone, we've been we were super busy uh, and getting it on his two, two feet and two legs and have it going on its own. I think we did a pretty darn good job of doing that and, um, tag teamed a lot of it and have some really good people behind us who are excited to carry on. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is, I mean, even with my background in business coaching and you, you know, your background in property management, I mean, we still got some curveballs thrown at us that I don't think either of us had seen. And, you know, I think we, we, even, even us, we underestimated what it was going to take to get it going, but, uh, you know, we stepped up and got it done. I think that's easy to say. Yeah. Always underestimating. Oh, this won't be too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, so that brings us right into what we're talking about today, which is the top three lessons we learned from this acquisition that anyone listening can apply to their business. Yeah, absolutely. So what's our first one? Number one is that the people matter most. And I guess where that really came into play for us out there is as we got out there and of course we had a lot of stuff happening, things breaking, you know, lots of stuff that need to be tended to, of course, hitting the busiest time of the season for, you know, a destination RV park. Um, you know, what we found ourselves in pretty quick is that, um, we were the main point people. We were the new owners. There was no direction given to anybody there. The staff didn't even have jobs yet. You know, unfortunately, because of the way the, the property was transferred, we weren't able to interview anybody ahead of time. So it was really just a lot of people left kind of their own device and it turned into us fielding a ton of questions. Yeah. And, um, it it was kind of nerve wracking walking in there our first day and, uh, you know, within 24 hours of walking in there, we had uh, nine or 10 employees. And, um, you know, the um, the questions of how is this going to run and what's going to happen? Am I employed? You know, we could have probably handled it a little different in hindsight. Uh, we're going to push a little bit harder to make sure that we can talk to people a little bit sooner in the process. And 
the the sellers uh, were pretty adamant to make sure that we didn't talk to them, and um, they were they were a little bit upset by that process. And so um, I think all of us had something to learn there, but we um, certainly stepped in and said, you know, please run things how you have been running them, and uh, and we want to learn from you too because. Um, you guys know this park much better than we do. So what can you teach us? Yeah. So that's a, a big takeaway for us. Of course, you know, relevant to what we do for next time is just negotiating that into the contract that we get to interview any employees ahead of time. Um, you know, cause it, it was really a cause turmoil for everybody working there too, because technically they worked that first week with no guarantee of pay or having a job, you know, and obviously we weren't going to mistreat people and, you know, we did the right thing with them, but uh, at the same time it put them in a total upheaval. So lesson learned for us, um, and also to your point too, you know, yeah, we all of a sudden walked into, you know, a, a pretty well-staffed property and we had all these people coming to us left and right. And it would have been so easy just to say, you know what, you're all hired, just jump right in. But we would have totally been neglecting the system. Right. Yeah. And, and they, I will say, maybe if they're listening, um, they did an amazing job and just really took the reins and, and, um, didn't miss a beat. I can confidently say that we have a stellar team in place now. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was enough that when we were, you know, pulling out of the park there last week and heading back home here to Colorado, um, I didn't have any concerns that it wasn't going to go well. And so far it has, you know, we're almost a weekend from our departure. Yeah. And no, no real fires. So that feels really good and, and definitely proves that people matter most, like you said. So um, they're going to be there on the ground, boots on the ground, making sure things run smoothly and, Obviously, we'll be overseeing it, but they're they're the ones that need to be the trusted ones. Absolutely. And, you know, just to, you know, right when we appointed our manager before we left, I mean, the burden that came off of our shoulders, you know, people stopped coming to us for every little thing along the way. And they finally had some clear direction on who to go to. Um, we, I think we were the most productive with the other stuff we had going on our last couple of days just because of that. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we yeah. will be going forward. That's right. Perfect. Well, that takes us straight into lesson number two, which was never stop optimizing. Um, and I think that uh, that still ties into our people. You know, obviously, we, we've talked about this from a couple different angles. Um, you know, we walked in with one org chart of how we were going to staff this place and how we were going to run it. And by the time we left, it was completely different. We had restructured it and we had streamlined it. Yeah. Um, optimize the org chart to um, with the proper positions for the people. Um, I, I felt like we did a really good job of, of realizing what people's strengths were. Um, but then the optimizing part, I mean, we can tell a lot of different stories about that. Um, one of those being outside of our people being the actual campground itself, you know, optimizing the rates on the sites, you know, um, we were just talking about the, the lakefront, uh, pond front sites that are premium, the biggest ones, you know, the first ones that would go every time for a good reason. They were nice sites and uh, they were the same price as the middle or back row and or corner or whatever you want to call it. Um, so we optimized some of the pricing. Um, what, what else? We, we optimized uh, product in the store, some of the pricing in the store. Um, what, what are other examples? And we're going to continue that with the store. I mean, we're actually going to monitor inventory now, find out what's selling, what's not. And this that's stuff we hadn't even planned for. When we put our pro forma together and showed how awesome we were going to make this place. That's not even stuff we'd counted in. So that's just icing on the cake at this point. Now getting to tweak products, you know, I mean, we doubled the price of duck food and it didn't stop our sales out there. And, 
you know, um, and like you mentioned, the lakefront sites, that's not anything we considered. Um, you know, we talked about tent sites, but we hadn't made a decision until we were there. So lots of little things just to keep tweaking. And, and as business owners, we should never, ever, ever stop optimizing these things. Yeah. And pay attention to what people are wanting, you know, and, um, what it is they're actually after. Um, sometimes we offer things that they don't know they're after, which is nice, like our paddle boards. Yeah. And, and how you can do it better too. I mean, let's go to processes where we're at it too. I mean, we were fortunate. We brought in a fantastic member to our team uh, about a week before we left. And, you know, she had a background in building maintenance. She worked for a big company that did that. And she walked in immediately and saw that we could be much more efficient in our housekeeping process. You know, that we were probably spending three to four times more time than we needed to on just cleaning bathrooms, let's say. So yeah. we've got her working in there now on building out the process and making checklists to make sure that everything not only gets done, but gets done in a timely manner. Yeah. Efficiency, I think is key there. Um, not just having the time allocated, but what else can you do during that time too? You know, teaching people to also optimize their time and efficiency. And even as she gets done with this process, it's not a one and done. It's always just looking at it again and figure out how you can continue to make it better and better and better. And that's something that, you know, I think we're really going to instill in our manager. And of course, anybody listening who has a business, they can instill this in, in their troops. You know, that doesn't matter whether they're a line level employee, doesn't matter if they're a minimum wage employee, you know, get them to take ownership in their job and figure out how they can make it better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll kind of tangent off for one second on this optimizing and that's the software. You know, I think software is, is so important and uh, it's certainly an opportunity for us as offsite managers, you know, of, of the property and, and optimizing to the, um, the different tools that are in that software. Um, you know, for instance, text messaging that's offered in our software, optimizing the ability to, to even communicate to our campers um, is one area that I thought was really cool. You know, when we had to replace a, a pressure tank and the water's out, just making it super easy for everyone to know what was happening. Yeah. Well, and I would say, I mean, on that too, especially as we talk about the guest service, you know, the, the fact that we can put little things in to keep people engaged, you know, like the, the person who started a reservation and walked away from it, we can have it nudge them with an email a little later yeah. and say, Hey, did, did you forget to finalize your reservation? All these little things that could result in more income. Some of this, we haven't seen the results of yet. Some of these we've actually already seen the results. Some of these little tweaks we've made. Like the reservation fee. Optimizing yeah. that, uh, free that. Booking. Yeah. Uh, probably an average of a thousand dollars a month added immediately to our, to our income stream. Yeah. And our investors should be happy when they get their returns. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, you know, this, this is a great segue into lesson number three, which is learn from your mishaps, you know, no doubt in business, things come up all the time. And as much as we want to get through them and get back to the way things were, we really need to stop and make it a habit of, you know, doing a postmortem on anything that happens and figuring out what happened, why it happened, what could be done better, you know, just and tweaking things. And if, if you don't mind, I'll share a story from day one. Do it. Okay. So day one, Justin and I had been in Iowa for less than 24 hours. We were leaving the park. 
that we, where we stayed the night prior to go to our closing. And on the way out, we had an emergency from the maintenance guy. He was out of fuel. They needed it for all their equipment. We had to make an order. We got a call from the manager or who is now the manager letting us know that the ice cream machine had died. You know, like, of course, you know, this is like a, it just, it just felt like, of, of course, this is the case, right? You know, air conditioner died the same day. As soon as we get back from closing, the maintenance guy's coming back telling us that the log splitter broke. And that one there, I just, I happened to go down and see the log splitter. I wanted to see what was going on with it. And I rolled up and the thing he showed me looked like the most unsafe piece of equipment I've ever seen. I looked at this and said, this is a workman's cop case waiting to happen. It's a, it's a tripod, big, heavy piece of hydraulic equipment meant to split logs. And it's got three freaking legs on it and it's wobbly. So while he was using it, it fell over and broke one of the hydraulic fittings so he couldn't use it. Well, obviously, aside from the safety concern, I was looking at that going, how can we do better <laughs> about this, right? Thinking, do we need to weld more legs on it? Like, what do we need to do? And I, I just got to asking him questions. And I asked him, I said, well, how many hours a week do you spend using this thing? And when we did the math, it was 12 and a half hours a week. Okay. And, and then what happens? Well, then, you know, somebody else has to bundle the split logs so we can sell them in the store as firewood. And that's only half the process, mind you. The former owners on this park were actually going to the state park nearby. They were driving there with a chainsaw to cut up this wood originally, put it in their truck, bring it back so maintenance guy could split it. So leaving that part of the process, because we don't even know how far they were driving, how much time they were spending doing it, you know, what the cost of gas was to bring it back. But just from the pile of wood we had to the store floor was costing us nearly $4 a bundle in labor. And we were selling that firewood for $6 a bundle. So we obviously that we were probably losing money if you added in what the former owners were doing. And lo and behold, that was an opportunity for us to find a new firewood supplier. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, it was two bundles for 10 even, right? So uh, (laughs) most people were doing that. So it was $5 a bundle. And so, I mean, maybe, maybe a dollar a bundle we were actually making from it, but um, I'm sure they were losing from the sellers. Um, yeah on that aspect so so what do we do how do we how do we well so we we started thinking there's got to be a better way to do this number one my my goal was to either fix this log splitter so it's safer or get it off the property one of the two and i thought well you know i I buy firewood all the time i mean i bought it at stores and they they have it pre-bundled and sometimes it has writing on the package so there's got to be people doing this commercially so we started seeking suppliers and we found somebody who was willing to give us large quantities you know, like a dump truck load. And when you did the math from this guy bringing you split firewood, mind you, so he already went and found the wood. He already, you know, saw cut it into shorter lengths. He already split the logs, the stuff that was costing us a lot of hours. And some of that we didn't even know he was delivering it to us even better. He was putting it in our wood pile at a cost of, it was, what did we come up with? It was about 80 cents a bundle. Yeah. Um, varied a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. And when we added our labor in, for just bundling it, we came out at about a buck eighty a bundle. Maybe, maybe it was a little more. I know the total cost was a dollar eighty a bundle with our labor labor bundling it, and now we doubled our profit margin and made our employees safer, and got our maintenance guys time back so that it can be spent actually doing productive things in the park. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so I mean, we could have just jumped in day one and said, "Well, let's weld some extra bars on that, uh, you know, log splitter, fix that fitting, and get back to work." Yeah. And and it's amazing what a few phone calls did. Right. Right. So we've got a better process. Everybody's happy. 
Yeah. I think that's a great example. Um, stepping back, taking a look at what your true situation is and, uh, and optimizing that and learning from the mishap. Cause I mean, we, if that log splitter wouldn't have broke, we probably would have been, you know, letting him do his thing as we were telling everyone at that point, just, you know, please carry on your normal duties. Well, next thing you know, he can't do that. And, um, you know, he's able to get other things done, like build a community fire pit and that community fire pit now utilizes all the wood that's there that, um, we don't need to split now. So we'll just utilize that in a different manner and, uh, and provide an amenity for people, which I think is pretty cool. That's exactly it. And you know, it's funny because th- and th- this could almost be lesson number four, but I don't even know what we title it yet. But the idea is that most, this is so common in business. And this is what was happening in this park when we got there is that they were in fire drill mode. It's just like they were constantly just fixing things. And it was, it felt like a game of like whack-a-mole. Like they just like something would pop up, they they deal with it. And then until the next thing popped up and they were, they were always reactive and never proactive. You know, and, and if, if we if we look at this through this lens, we can we can get to the point where we can start being proactive. And in our line of work, that's going to bring in more guests. That's going to bring in more income. That's going to bring in more five star reviews, the stuff that we need to move forward. You know, so where is this? Ta- where is this happening in other people's business? Where are they, you know, maybe not putting the right people in the right seats? Where are they not? you know, constantly tweaking and revisiting their product, their service, whatever it is they offer. And then where are they not spending the time learning from the lessons that have been presented to them, the, the, from things that have broken. Right. Uh, and for those listeners who we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we were sworn to secrecy while we were going through the acquisition process. If you want to know more about this park that we just got open, it is called Beyonder Getaway at Sleepy Hollow. It's in Oxford, Iowa, which is about 20 minutes outside of Iowa City, 25 minutes from Cedar Rapids, right along Interstate 80. So if you're planning a trip, uh, we'd love to have you visit our park. Or if you want to know more about it, you can find us at sleepyhollowia.com. Uh, you can find us on social media, Beyonder Getaway at Sleepy Hollow on all the usual suspects. Uh, but we'd love to share with you what we've been working on. And of course, um, we did bring eight investment partners along with us on this acquisition who are going to see some fantastic returns here coming up soon. Um, and we'd love, like to find some more for our next park that we're working on right now. So um, I guess for those listening who are intrigued by what we're doing and want to know more, um, head on over to happycampercapital.com. Go to the investors page, um, sign up. We'd love to jump on a call with you and talk about the opportunities. Absolutely. Um, definitely. We'll have time to talk. Uh, we're on to the next phase and on to the next property. We have beyondercamp.com as our branded campground management company. And so Beyonder will be the name carried forward in all our parks. And then, um, you know, we, we should have uh, another property under contract, hopefully in the next 30 days. That's what we're planning on. We're going to get right back on it tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> all right, Justin, anything else to share today? No, I think that's good. I really appreciate uh, talking with you and and having our listeners uh, chime in. Uh, you know, if you guys have any ideas or um, topics that you guys want to hear, then definitely reach out to us as well. Perfect. And again, yeah, head on over to happycampercapital.com if you want to know more about what we're doing. Um, hope these lessons that we learned during our stay in Eastern Iowa will help you further your business. So thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, guys. Until next time. This has been another episode of the Wealth Watchers podcast. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Wealth Watchers. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast player of choice. If you found value in this episode, please share it with one person you know who could benefit from these tools and strategies. For more information on Wealth Watchers, please visit 
happycampercapital.com. <laughs>